Okay, everybody, we're back in the studios again, got the equipment warmed up, and we're here with another trials enthusiast to find out a little bit about him and uh, what he's been up to over the years of riding trials and, you know, how he came into trials and such. Uh, in the studio today, I've got Stan Hensley. Most of you that have followed the national circuit over the years have seen him as a minder, has seen him as the uh, sporting steward for the NATC and, and in the sport in a big way over the years, and uh, we're going to find out all about them. Stan, how are you doing today? Perfect, thank you. And I understand you're, you uh, drove here today. You've got 12 hours under your belt and got about eight more to go. I understand I do have eight more hours, yes. And what, what brings you to RYP today? Uh, we just came down, stopped by and picked up a bike and picked up a bunch of stuff for Madison, which she gets whatever she wants, so... And it's just a nice to go on a tour of the building. It's very, very nice. You've done some nice things. I really like the fact that you kept a bike from every year. That's special. Well, thanks. Well, he's here with Madison Lay, his granddaughter, who's who's a national competitor this year. And I guess it's it's your job to, to take her around. You're like her uh, her, her team uh, uh, chauffeur and, I'm the and chauffeur, pit man. And chauffeur and money bag. That's all I am. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's even more than that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, sometimes, yeah. So, Stan, uh, you know, you've you've been in the sport quite a while. Yes. If you could explain to us, I want to go back before even trials. Explain to me how you ever became acquainted with the two-wheel machine called a motorcycle. Well, when I was growing up, at 14, you could get a motorcycle driver's license. Not a car, but for a motorcycle. So at 14, I begged my parents, of course, to get a motorcycle, and absolutely they said no, because my uncle had got killed on one. So at Christmas, I asked my grandma, what happened, Uncle John? She says, well, you know, he got drunk and ran into a bridge. So there went my mother's argument about a motorcycle. So they allowed me to get a motorcycle. I had a paper route, and the first bike I ever bought was a 250 Mako. So what year would that have been? 1956. So 1956 German Mako. Yep. Were they any good? It was brutal fast. It outrun a 650 Triumph in those days. <laughs> so this was a street bike. Yes, it was. Well, it was actually the Enduro model. They had lights and stuff on it like that, but it was a 252 stroke. Yeah, because everybody's a, a, you know acquainted with Mako being off-road motorcycles. Right. But I didn't know if they were that way their whole. Oh the whole no! Time initially, they where they won the first world championship was road racing. Oh okay. Yeah, fast bikes. Yeah. So after you got this this uh, Mako, what did you do to it? Did you keep riding it on the road, or what what, uh, oh, what yeah. was your next step? You kept progressing and got uh, different bikes through the years and stuff like that. And uh, I've always had motorcycles. You know, for me, it was just the ultimate source of freedom for anybody. You know, and plus, you know, you could have a pretty nice bike for about a, a twentieth the price of a pretty crappy car. <laughs> so did you compete or anything on that bike or just cruise nope. on it nope never competed on that bike at all the first thing i ever competed on uh i used to do some flat tracking uh i started building pipes you know when the first yamahas first came out i worked at a yamaha shop in 1960 started there and it's still in business togo sales is still in business today it was a yamaha shop and goat dealer at that time still in business but I worked for the original owner which was Bob Atson and at those times there was no tune pipes available for motorcycles and stuff like that and I always had a curious mind so that's the reason I got into racing or how I got into racing so you were building pipes for people yep 
And where did you get the engineering degree to do that? Uh, it's pretty funny. They, uh, Yamaha came out with a tuning manual probably about 1958 or 59, and it was in there telling you about how to build tune pipes and expansion chambers and what the function of was. And at the very end of this very elaborate book, it says, when everything else fails, uh, cut it apart and start over. So <laughs> I did a lot of that. So you were into motorcycles quite young. You yep. you actually had a little career going in, in motorcycles, working yep. in a shop. Uh, always worked at a motorcycle shop. I worked at the fire department my days off. Always worked at a motorcycle shop on my days off. So when did you get acquainted with trials? What was your first exposure to trials? Well, we had a Boltaco dealer in town, Marsh Potteroff, and uh, every year he had to buy one model of every bike they made. Well... Uh, till this day, I still think it said trail on the side of it, but my buddy Larry Crump, who I used to ride with all the time, informed me one day up on Tanner Peak. He says, where did you get the trials bike? And I says, it says right there on the side, it's a trail bike. And when we got off and looked at it, it was a trials bike. <laughs> and I've been buying those uh, since 66, Boltaco trials bikes. And then we decided with our infinite wisdom that we were really good trail riders. So we was going to go show the trials people how it was done. And it was a very humbling experience. So I guess at your first competition, you did not stand on the podium. Uh, no. In our club, the way it was organized, Wiltz Wagner and uh, Bill Brokow started our club, which is the founders of the NATC, by the way. Uh, ours was the first... Uh, I guess sponsored club that we ever had but we only had two pe two groups of people the top 15 were experts and everybody else was a support class and there were 73 riders I remember like it was yesterday I was 73 my buddy Larry Crump was 71 uh, Morgan Cavanaugh probably a name some people might remember his dad used to ride all the trials with his dog on the gas tank he beat us. <laughs> a woman that could not go down the trail to the section, she beat us. I'm not a sexist guy, but it was ridiculous. So we made up our minds at that time, either we had to practice or never show up again. <laughs> so, And you chose practice. Yeah, you know, it's never really good, but really had a lot of fun, and it was, it was something agreed with. Uh, I was used to flat track at that time and uh, always had fast bikes, but I was really, really a poor rider. So... Uh, and I didn't like getting run over. I'd always get out in front <laughs> and fall down. People would run over you. So You don't have to worry about that so much at trials. Nope. Run over yourself. That's about it. So what year would it have been that you rode your first event? Uh, 72. 72. Yep. What kind of bike? A bull taco? Yep. Yeah. So did you ride bull tacos for quite a while? You know, we did. Uh, up until the first thing I had different uh, was a TY350. And that came out in 85 and still working at the Yamaha dealership. And I got one of those. And, uh, of course, they were completely new and they were ten times better than any Boltaco. And uh, rode uh, Yamahas for a long, long time. Had one of the TYZs. I like those. Uh, That's a collector item at this point. Uh, that's one yeah. of the two-stroke ones that had the HRC motors. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of those ones, like I tell you, I bought it new, and they weren't very good then. They're still not very <laughs> good. But I had a couple of those, and then in uh, 92, started riding Gas Gas. Well, before that, we were riding Beta and Montessa. Uh, started riding Gas Gas in 92. Um, 
And then your history with Gas Gas began because I've always known you as being a Gas Gas guy. Yep, we went to an event in Fun in the Sun in Florida. Uh, Dale was there, and uh, there was about eight or nine of us that came down from Colorado. And we, at that time, everybody was on either a Montessa or a Beta. And uh, the bike looked pretty cool. I asked Dale if I could be a dealer, and he says, well, we got a couple dealers in the state. And we ordered 10 bikes anyway at that time, and changed everybody <laughs> over. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've, you've worked with uh, Dale uh, on the competition team as well. I know you were a minder for Mark Manico when he was in national competition. Yep. We did that for about three or four years. Then we started the youth team that uh, Ryan Young was part of for a while. Uh, it worked out really, really well, and it's kind of went by the wayside, which is a shame. But uh, I noticed the other day, you know, he mentioned something about trying to get that started up again, and I think what is, he's finally realized that with uh, RYP doing what they're doing, uh, it's kids, whatever they start on is, is like what they stay on. You know, Kawasaki did a great thing with the KX60s. You see all the big guys now riding Kawasaki's. And it's not that they're any better. It's just what they're used to. Yeah, you get brand loyal. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But over the years, as, as you've uh, worked with trials, I mean, if you think back, who's the most memorable trials person that you met? Well, you know, I did. I never went very many places. Uh, I, ever, I tell everybody, it's a funny story. The first time I was ever on it, airplane you know when i went to basic training <laughs> uh that was in 1961 when i got out of high school and that's when the, they invaded the bay of pigs they flows froze all recruitments at that time they put me back on a plane and two days later i came back and uh, never went any further with that career so yeah but you've been exposed to some pretty good trials personalities over the years yeah we have you know i, I got to I go mean, to uh Got to go to Europe. Uh, Dale used to take his number one dealer to Europe. They quit doing that. That got too expensive. But, you know, I went to Jordy's house, which I thought was fine. That was pretty funny. And uh, uh, Andrew Codina went to his house and spent some time there. You know, he's a god over there. Yes, still um, is. Yeah. Except more in bicycles now, I think, yeah. than motorcycles. But, uh, and we also went to, they had a big party at uh, uh, Narcissus' house, which was owner of Gas Gas at that time, you know. And those houses, you know, have been in the family for 400 years. You know, it's just ridiculous, the heritage over there. Mm -hmm. So, But that was unique. Yeah. And then in Colorado, like you say, you've been around um, Wilt Wagner, who started the yep. RMTA, and Bill Brokaw, Cliff, Cliff Tucker. Yep. I mean, that, that has to be a personality that no one can forget. Well, Cliff and I had a love-hate relationship. <laughs> he, uh, he knew how to push my buttons, and I knew how to push his. And... Uh, I truly miss him. He was a great inspiration for everybody in the club. I always tell everybody, Cliff ran the club. He just didn't have the title. Yeah. And uh, people are finding out now within our organization how much he really did because now other people have to step up, step up and do those duties. So. Yeah, so, so with trials, you've uh, obviously been involved now with NATC as sporting steward. Yep. Uh, you've been doing that for how many years now? This is the uh, eighth year, believe it or not. So it goes, it goes fast. So you've you've had a real close eye on the sport from a national level. Yeah, and you know what is really what I like best about everything is the people. Uh, I don't know if it goes both directions sometimes, but uh, I really love seeing everybody. I like to see all the kids that's grown up, and it's just hilarious. Like with Mark Manafort, 
Manico, for example, I met him when he was four years old, and now he has kids that are uh, 11 and 12, and you <laughs> just go, there's just no way. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, where did time So you, I remember, you know, like with Ryan and his brother Mike, you know, going across country one time together, and and you, he was riding in, and it was just like, really? 97, <laughs> that's, that's when that was going on, and here we are. And now you're tour touring his company here that specializes in trials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> From a kid to a businessman. Yeah, so it's fun. <laughs> and you, you also were uh, pretty... Uh, close with jeff aaron and and uh keith wineland and some of the other gas gas stars over the years and you know when those guys came over a little bit you know uh it all started with como you know we got to the point where you know it's it's a, as you know it's very expensive to sponsor somebody and have them try to make money for you i don't care if you throw a thousand dollars at it you're going to lose five thousand <laughs> um and uh you know jeff at the time it was ready to change and I remember at the National in Wyoming, I told Dale, I says, you know, we need to get Jeff. And he says, well, if you can make it happen, we'll do it. And we made it happen. And Jeff, you know, rode, I don't know, five more years at yeah. the national level and did quite well. Won five more championships. Yep. Yeah. So that was good. But uh, Jeff was really good for the sport. You know, a nice competitor, nice guy, never got too excited. It was always uh, a pleasure to be around. Uh, yeah, you were around the superstars of the sport at that point. There Jeff was. Jeff Aaron, Ryan Bell. I mean, Gas Gas had a powerhouse team back in those days. Wilson Craig. Yep. Um, you know, it was, it was, the talent was definitely under their tent. And the nice thing about it at that time, too, you know, there was 15 guys riding the championship class. Yeah. And now then, uh, it's gotten so hard, and the commitment is just not there. I don't care how much you talk to the kids. You ask them how much they practice. Yeah, I went out yesterday for a few minutes. And, you know, like when Ryan was doing it and Jeff was doing it, like you say, Ryan Bell and Wilson Craig and even Mike Dam and people like that, you know, they practice every day for four or five hours at a time. Kind of like what Putt's doing now. And you can see how it's coming along with him, too. If you put the effort in, you get effort out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I know Pat Smodgy was that way. He practiced no oh. matter what the weather was, no matter what the conditions were no matter how many times he'd ridden the same obstacles he would still drag himself out there and practice you know i've watched him the last couple years and this year i thought last year i thought you know yeah yeah you're pretty good this year he's spectacular i mean he's just spot on everywhere i mean placement of the bike is just when he goes up and sets up for something you don't have to move the bike anymore Ryan used to love to tell him, you know, half a tire left, half a tire right, or whatever. I think he just did that to feel involved because the bike is absolutely perfect right now. He's he's a very special rider. And, you know, practice, Pat practices as hard today as he did three or four years ago, even though he's worlds above anybody that's going to come and, and uh, compete against him here. He still practices like he never thinks he's good enough, I can tell you that. Well, I want to tell him something. I hope it gets on air for him. You know, like uh, I know last year people had some, you know, ill words because he wasn't right in some of the sections because, you know, they did, he didn't have to. There was no competition. Mm -hmm. And this year I, we set a couple sections. I go, well, nobody's going to ride him either. And he rode the sections, and people were thrilled to death to watch the skill level involved in doing something where everybody else just looked at it and said, uh, 
you're crazy, you're insane, <laughs> don't do stuff like that. And he made it look just spectacular. Yeah, so. I have to say, in, in Colorado and Kansas, I kept hearing spectators coming back saying they couldn't believe what they saw. They couldn't no. believe their eyes. It was special. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And and your exposure to Nationals, I mean, uh, a lot of the, uh, the you know, the, the addition of the Clubman class has happened since you've been sporting steward and yep. stuff. You've seen some of the some parts of the the uh, NATC and the Nationals really change a lot and and open up you know to to other competitors uh, i think personally i you know i wasn't real thrilled about the clubman class event uh, you know initially and i think it's the best thing that ever happened to the natc you know you get people out there that used to ride years ago now they're involved again and they were coming to the events you know bringing their kids but they didn't have anything to do and now just about i mean if you can ride your bike down the trail you can compete in the clubman class and not get hurt and so far, we've been very fortunate. We've kept it at a level where everybody can participate and have fun. Uh, I realize through the years, you know, our classes, difficulty-wise, they go up and down. But the Clubman line so far has stayed very, very consistent, and I think we're proud of that. Yeah, we've seen a lot of younger kids be able to start out there before yep. they come into the junior class, before yep. they get into the high school class. Yep. And I think that's been really beneficial, too. It has, yep. It, yep. No, I think it's a great class. How's your uh, local club doing? And you're, you've been so involved in the Ute Cup over the years. Yeah. And the uh, Ute Cup's still hanging in there, and your local club's you know, still is. hanging in there? Uh, the Ute Cup's doing very well. This will be our 51st year this year. Um, you know, I think it's one of the longest-running things, you know. Uh, Bill broke out, and like I say, Wells Wagner started that. You know, this is kind of a, a, a takeoff of, you know, like the Scottish six days, except it's only two-day, but we do it at high altitude all the time couple years it's been kind of a, a problem because either extreme fire danger or something to that effect but this year it's back at the Lagarita Mountains which is a, one of the nicest places in the world you camp at 10 5 22 mile loops you go up to 12 5 so and I understand you're coming out that's a rumor yeah <laughs> we have our plane ticket so that's pretty pretty good about it, with the commitment level that far yeah. if I buy a plane ticket I usually show up well if you show up without a bike I'll find something for you to ride uh, other people are driving the bikes out there that was part of the deal they say you know you drive everyone's bikes out all over the place for nationals we'll take your bike out at the youth cup you just got to fly out and, and ride it so well i want you to know i had the sherco team last year and they won the overall so i don't know who you're going to sponsor but you got a problem <laughs> i might sponsor myself why can't my team win uh, you can't. You absolutely, <laughs> everybody has a chance. And in the case of a tiebreaker, the oldest guy always wins. So you're in the running. I'm also bringing Ryan Young with me to ride it. So this will be his first time he's ridden it since he rode it one other time, he said, and he lost a scorecard during the event and couldn't, yep. couldn't log a finish. Nope. So he's bound and determined to finish this time. Well, the thing about it is, uh, you know, people show up and... The uh, only thing I can give you an example, the last time we had it up there, Mark Manico went into the very first section, got one point. That's the only point he had for the weekend, and <laughs> ended up fourth. That's with incredible. One point <laughs> because he got the first point, of course. So, But that's uh, one point and 89 cleans. Yeah, that's really so, cool. So it's interesting. It's fun. Well, I know you've been, you know, to, to have put on that event and to be as, as active in the local club and on a national level with NATC, 
you've given a lot of yourself to this sport. Yeah. You feel it's been worth it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I watch my granddaughter out there now, and uh, it's one of, you know, she's, everybody that knows Madison, you know, it used to be she was my granddaughter, now I'm her grandpa, which is okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but uh, predominantly, you know, she's a very good basketball player, uh, but she loves all the trials people because nobody where she's at have has any idea what the heck she does. You know, they say motorcycles, you know, everything comes up in the world. But uh, I remember when she was in grade school, they had a show and tell day, and she had at that time a little beta 50 that she rode up on the stage and said, this is my motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, everybody was kind of freaked out about that a little bit. But uh, she loves all the trials people. And for me, just to see her out there having fun and doing something that uh, she really enjoys makes it worthwhile. Well, it's been neat watching her, too, because she's yeah. become competitive over the last couple of years to where, you know, she was just one of the young girls in the sport that was out there kind of trying at it. Yeah. Now she's really become a controller of the bike. She's starting to be very competitive. She's real close to the top runners in the women's class, and uh, there's no doubt she's going to be a national champion at some point. Well, the thing I keep looking at her, and uh, I, I know her scores don't reflect it yet, but uh she really enjoys being part of the RYP, you know, team, and uh, you guys made her feel wanted, which is the most important thing in the world for a girl. You know, she, yeah. she wants uh, you guys wanted her on the team, and she loves being on the team. and And I tell you what, I don't think anybody tries harder. I've never seen her give up on anything, and that makes me very proud. Yep. So if you so if you've left anything for the sport, it's your granddaughter. Yeah, and she said she'd take over for me. Yeah, hopefully she'll she'll win a couple championships. I'm yeah. sure she'll be on the TDN team one day, representing the United States in a I hope another so. country, and yep. you know carry on your legacy. Uh, I never went anywhere, so it's up yeah, to her. Right, I'm not living through her. It's up to her. Well, on behalf of the trials community, you know, thanks for all your efforts over the years and the years of putting on the Ute Cup and. Yep your dedication to the national series and the sport in general i mean it's 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 awesome to to you know be able to interview a guy like you that's got the breadth of history that you have well i'm so glad i got some breath so how, how old are you now stan uh, i'm gonna be 72 72 and still at it can you still yep. ride oh yeah got you, two new te- two new knees new right <laughs> hip new left shoulder uh hey they keep making parts we'll keep boating them on <laughs> Well, let's see. We've got about 25 minutes in here. We appreciate you taking your time because you could be 25 more minutes up the road. But I know you were a little hesitant to come in here. But but I'm glad to at least get this on the record. Well, I appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks again. Okay, Brad.